0: Hi, and welcome back to a new episode of The Unplugged Debate. Just before we get started, we'd like to invite you over to our different social medias to hear what you have to say about The Unplugged Debate. So join us on Instagram, Reddit or Facebook or Twitter and look for Unplugged Me and on Facebook, The Unplugged Debate. So until then, let's get over to the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Unplugged Debate. On this podcast, we delve into the ideas surrounding human interaction with both nature and technology. Talking to people about their time in the outdoors, starting from when they were younger all the way through to present day. Developing a picture on who and what motivates them to be outside and why they do the things they do in the outdoors. Crossing over into talking about their technology usage and how that's changed throughout their life. And speaking to them about the different types of technology they use on a day-to-day basis. From their mobile phones to their running shoes. Once we've developed a good picture of them we incorporate that into how they think technology has changed their outlook on life and their time in the outdoors and finishing with how they think technological development has changed society on a wider scale. So hello and welcome. <music> So on today's episode, we have TK. TK is from the West Coast of the United States, from Brooklyn. We were talking just about uh, about there. You were quite an outdoorsy person. Um, Specifically, you started off in motocross and you found a lot of freedom, sort of roaming mountainous trails and things like that. But you had a bad accident, um, to which then you switched to mountain biking, um, which, I mean, you could probably have the same sort of accidents, but, you know. Way less dangerous, I guess. <laughs> not, go- not going as fast. Yeah, exactly.
1: Although I had an accident, to be honest, on uh, mountain biking. Uh, it was one of those trips where that were that was programmed with a friend of mine. Um, and then he, well, he range to rain checked, like last minute, and so I ended up going alone, which I do not recommend, especially if you're mountain biking and you're doing descents and that's what i used to do and so i went on my own and the one time i went on my own i had an accident and um i actually lost consciousness and 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 i like i had a really hard fall and i think i was i was laying down for about 10 minutes uh, unconscious and yeah and my bike was totaled i mean it was it was a uh, it was dangerous and it reminded me actually of my of my um, previous accident. And so I sort of, yeah, from that point on, I started doing it with other people, but never on my own.
0: Yep. there, there is a saying in the outdoor industry, lesson three should never be. <laughs> um, that, that's what was drilled into us at uni, was just like lesson three should never be. <laughs> so, um you've um you've grown you've grown up you you moved around a lot. You you said you were in different countries, mainly Africa. Where whereabouts in there were you?
1: Um, I was in South Africa early on. I remember much of it. I had to go back to 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 discover what it what it had to offer. But I was in South Africa for about three years. Mm-hmm. In Mozambique, um, Ethiopia, Algeria, um, and then I visited uh, in the meanwhile. You know the countries surrounding these.
0: Nice. And now you you're you're living in France for the time being right yeah and we we were just talking about your planning to to go for the van life and and uh organize that which sounds absolutely amazing um but you also now you're more into the technology than you were when you were younger so you're um a digital consultant and uh social media expert right yeah you also got your own podcast what's the podcast about
1: Uh, The podcast is about um, my, basically my lifestyle choices. So I talk about all the things that I discovered throughout, you know, um, work throughout my professional career, but also personal career throughout my travels. Although I don't talk a lot about travel, it's something that I always notice and realize when I'm talking to other people. I'm like, why do I never talk about travel in my podcast? Um, I guess it's just, for me, it's always been part of my life. Um, we've always moved every three, four years. We moved countries. And so in the end, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I don't see it as something, you know, out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. But, um, so the podcast is mainly about that, about, you know, my journey as a minimalist and uh, my journey as um, a, very, a slow living movement enthusiast and yeah it's it's about just trying to improve my life and make it make sense
0: cool. what's it called
1: it's called clarity with tk mm-hmm. um and yeah so basically it's all in the in the in the title it's about trying to bring clarity to my listeners through the clarity that i find through my travels and my experiences
0: cool and you've got a blog going as well
1: yeah, uh, I, I've actually always liked blogging. It's one of those things that I got into super early, like early 2000s when I was 9, 10 years old. Um, at first, I, you know, I've always had like a journal and then I tried to, uh, you know, put some of it online through Friendster and, and High Five and whatnot. And then MySpace and then, yeah, I sort of grew up blogging and learning from blogs, learning about different lifestyles, and and you know, trying also to play catch up with what um, you know people back home were doing, because mm-hmm. you know uh, the internet wasn't as big as it is today, but there were still bits and pieces of back home uh, somewhere out there so when you're in Mozambique or whatever and your life is completely extremely different to the one you would have had like back home Mm -hmm. Uh, blogging was one of those ways to uh, yeah keep me rooted in a sense and so I've I've always felt like that was also a great way to express myself Um, and I grew up doing it and then I put up my blog more tk.com online i think it was last year because i sort of didn't have any more time to to blog for you know when i started working and stuff Mm. and then but i i really missed it like i missed the you know the the experience of uh putting putting some putting content out there and and trying to inspire as as
0: much as i can nice so that brings us into sort of the first bit, um, and we spoke we spoke a bit about your time in, of like exploring with your motocross bike and then going into mountain biking and stuff. You also do a bit of trekking and, and canoeing in the summer. So when did that all start? Um, sort of when did you start getting into the outdoors? Was it a, a, a very young age, and was it sort of a parent led thing or was it a friend led thing? Because I it
1: was no, I was super young because. Um... I was born in the 90s, early 90s. So Hmm. basically, we didn't have phones. We didn't have, you know, social media or anything. And to be honest, being also in, in some countries, not all countries, because we lived in Hong Kong and the internet was very easily accessible. But in other places, there was no internet up until like even late 2000s like 2009 2010 that's where the internet started coming in so i never really had like that much access to the internet and to the digital world in general um except for when i had to go to my pop's office or my mom's office or you know and so uh in that sense i sort of quote unquote had no other choice Mm. but to be uh, outside and to be in the outdoors and my parents were always super open about it like we they weren't very fond of, um, you know, video games. So I never really had like a lot of gadgets or anything at home. So the only things I actually had were like bikes and, and those sort of things. So I really, that's all I did. Uh, And yeah, so it happened super early. My parents were very outdoorsy uh, going to the beach, going to the mountain, going for hikes.
0: So it was always part of my lifestyle in a sense. not that i've ever been but sort of manhattan brooklyn and those sort of areas seem quite built up in in the view that i have in them is that, am i mm. right in that are they are they yeah yeah they, yeah, yeah 100 so, percent. so how far is it for you to actually get out into those areas
1: to to get into areas where you could actually hike
0: yeah or, or uh, i mean it's, it's
1: yeah we, we usually used to drive for at least an hour uh, an hour, an hour and a half to get to where we actually wanted to, you know, go picnicking or settle and, and, and chill and have some some fun. So, yeah, it was
0: um, it was always quite far from where we lived. And so did that sort of translate? So when did you leave the States and start sort of moving around? And did that translate your out uh, the outdoors stuff still translate when you were going to these different countries and stuff?
1: I mean I, f- I mean I feel like my parents always had this inclination to be uh, in the outdoors uh, but I also feel like technology and or the lack thereof technology at that point played a big part in how people interacted with nature mm. So I feel like it's a mix of the two because you know when you have nothing else to do at home I know a lot of people used to watch a lot of TV. But when you don't have any video games and we were never really that much into board games. So, um, you know, there is no other choice but to go out and to be in nature. And I feel like that's what happened. And that's why we used to spend literally every weekend outside, like in parks or at the beach or somewhere. But we were never at home. And we used to spend yeah most of 90% of our weekends,
0: you know, in the outdoors. Nice. And so, and is this where the sort of the canoeing and and snorkeling came into it? Because obviously you've lived by seas um, and mountains quite close. So those those activities, they were just, uh, it was just a genesis of being part of those environments that you just went and did them.
1: Um, Well, in that sense, not really, because we lived in places well. Mozambique has amazing beaches, but Um, The other places, well, snorkeling and canoeing were not really a big part of our, you know, they, you know, our activities. So, no, that's something I actually picked up on my own when I was in my 20s, I think, um, where I moved to Europe for the first time. And then, you know, I moved a little bit. I went to Australia, Argentina, to Asia. And in most of these places, I always looked for um, beachside, oceanside um, activities. And that's how I stumbled upon um, uh, snorkeling. Uh, I wanted to, to to do some diving as well, but I never could because you need a license and whatnot. And I never took the time to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like under under undersea activities are definitely one of those things that I always wanted to explore. And I only had the chance to do it as I moved. You know, to to places where I could. Uh, as far as canoeing is concerned, um, it's not. It's something I picked up like five years ago. Never before. Um, there were some canoes and and whatnot in, in in lakes, but that was never really my thing because there was no rush.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that sort of slow adventure versus uh, right. the adrenaline adventure. Um, mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you were quite an adrenaline junkie when you were younger. hundred percent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you've slowed down as you've got older. Right, right. That's true, man. <laughs> Has the fear Has the fear crept in a little bit?
1: It has. I mean, after my accident, my motorcycle accident, uh, I was like 16, 15, 16. Uh, I was in a coma for a couple of days and in the hospital for a whole week. Yeah. So it was it was um it was scary, very scary, not just for me, for my parents as well. So they took away the motorcycle, obviously, hmm. and that's how I switched. They allowed me to switch because I was still, you know, under their roof. So I had to abide by their rules. And um, yeah, so they that allowed me sort of to slow down uh, at first. And no, nah, biking is it could be dangerous, but I never really had a problem except for that one time. Mm. Um, the other times, I mean, you fall and whatnot, but it's just you know uh, a few tears here and there. It's nothing really that dangerous. So yeah, I slowed down that way, and then yeah, as I grew as I grew older. Uh, I just actually learned how to appreciate being outside without having that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was as important as 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 feeling that rush actually, and as being um, um,
0: connected with nature. Mm-hmm. So the the more that you sort of slowed down and stuff, and and sort of appreciated the surroundings that you're in. Uh, has that spurred you on to sort of learn anything about the the biophilia the the actual biome that you're living in um about the flora and fauna like being able to name trees or name animals and stuff like that yeah. is that has that sort of increased or is that just something that is by the by to be
1: honest not that much <laughs> i never really <laughs> took the time to 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 at least learn that i b- grew appreciative of the surroundings without having to go into uh, learning more about them. But in a sense, it was always at the back of my head. It's one of those things where you just keep telling yourself that the moment you adopt a new lifestyle or a different one from the one you have in a city, for example, then you'll take the time to learn these things. Because I've always wanted to have like a, a farm or anything and then to pick up farming agriculture permaculture whatever and learn about these things firsthand but you know before uh having being exposed to that i never really took the time to be honest to learn and to dive deeper into it fair enough
0: and so you said that you sort of grew up without a a huge amount of technology and stuff so and you think that that played a part in your do you think that plays a part in your now how you see the outdoors where you still go out and be part of it because it gives you that space or that freedom and you're actually quite glad that you didn't start playing computer games and stuff like that because it still gives you that gap does that make sense
1: yeah it does and it's an extremely interesting question um I feel like I feel like you know the lack of technology in my in my home growing up definitely played a part mm-hmm. in my uh, quote unquote interconnectedness with nature. Mm. Um, I don't know if that would have had a, a bigger impact on if that had that big an impact on my on my relationship with nature. Uh, but what I do know is that. I'm extremely grateful, although I wasn't when I was young, for my parents not budging to my, uh, to my demands in a sense, because at some point they didn't have the means to afford, you know, the Segas and the, and the Nintendos and whatnot, and that I did get. But then as time progressed and their careers progressed, they did have the means to afford, you know, the PS ones and the twos and whatnot, and they never really did, and they always told us. Uh, me and my siblings, that it's better to just, um, you know, connect with people, be around people and practice actual physical activities, because that kind of fatigue, that kind of tiredness at the end of the day is much healthier than being in front of a screen. And they used to work all day in front of screens. So they knew what that was about. Um, so to be honest now, and in hindsight, I'm extremely grateful for having that Um, that that upbringing because when I talk to other people to my friends to my wife to you know whoever and they tell me that they used to spend days you know watching cartoons or playing video games I sort of sometimes feel for them because I remember just having to picking up my bike and going out with friends and having a lot of fun all day and it was super dope and I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world so
0: yeah that's an interesting point and that's why I wanted to pick up on it because um a lot of people who had those uh privileges of certainly people of our age where we were coming into that point where consoles and stuff were becoming more mainstream and um, right the, the amount of time that you'd spend indoors rather than go and play outside and we were on that cusp of it you know mm-hmm. um whereas now technology is is part of day-to-day life um And they've, they've never experienced that sort of walking out of the house with no phone and and just going for a walk and stuff. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting thought process to go through. And so it's interesting that you said that you, you listen to your friends and you're still in that mindset of like, yeah, let's go outside and just have that physical, physical connection with people. But Um, it's a
1: blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but it's a blessing and a curse because you know I, I noticed that now that i'm I'm grown uh, with my friends. it's so much harder, for example, to connect with them, uh, to you know go out on hikes uh, unexpectedly. You have to really plan the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are on the, their phones. and well, there's one thing that I didn't like about you know my upbringing, which was my parents really, had no uh, relationship with cameras. So I have little to no photos of myself being <laughs> young. And that's one of the things that I always tell a man, why did you have to do that? I mean, <laughs> but you see, and so now I feel like I'm super grateful that phones have great cameras on them and you don't have to be, to buy a, a bulky thing to, to, <laughs> you know, to, to go out in nature and take great photos. But in, in the other sense, um, a phone is also where you get your texts and 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 all the the little pokes of adrenaline and and validation and you know and those things. Uh, sometimes you're out in nature. I've noticed it. I don't go out with a lot of people. I usually go out only with my wife uh, for hikes. But the one time I went with people, I realized that every time they pulled out their phone to take a photo, they also checked their notifications and they were not present in the moment. Um, There were no real exchanges. There were no, I remember like when I was young, uh, I, I mean, people of our generation, we used to dream a lot. We used to always talk about the what ifs of life and just to, you know, to kick it. We were just having fun chatting. What would you do if that happened? What would that, what would happen if that thing came to be blah, blah, blah. And we used to have a lot of fun just you know, being creative and imagining stuff. And now I feel like those are things that we're getting away from and things that we're losing. And so conversations are usually about the series that you watched or what you saw on social media, or like, I feel like uh, Gen Z, for instance, is way too involved with politics, which in in our, you know, in our heyday and when we were younger, politics were the furthest thing from our interests. We hated politics. I mean, at least I did. And my parents were were in that. And I hated politics because it was just too complex and it seemed just boring. And now, although I feel like the media and social media has made it more interesting, um, I feel like Gen Zs are too involved in it. Some people are like 18 and they're already... I mean, and they have to, and it's a good thing, but they're really into it. And so it sort of consumes their happiness, I feel, you know, because you don't take the time to to just be a kid and careless and and live without responsibilities and just enjoy it, you know. Now it's like they have the world on
0: their shoulders. And that's something that's changed a lot. Because One of my guests right at the start, she said that, uh... You used to just pop round to your friend's house and just knock on the door and say you're coming out to play. But now, you you know, what you were saying, you have to make sure that you text them before you say, oh, I'm just going to pop round and then you'll know whether or not they're there. Right. And it's and it's that space between leaving your house and walking to their house to see if that they're, they're there. No one does that much anymore. You don't you, you have no. it always seems like you have to plan something to to make sure that they're there so if not then you can go do something else but it's that space between leaving the house walking to theirs and then if if they're not there going huh all right back you go or you go and do something else you know what I mean yeah exactly Um, or you
1: could go to somewhere where they usually hang out and try to find them there which that always was super cool because then you'd stumble upon other people if they weren't and chill Hmm. and then go home and you know just yeah, it was so awesome, man.
0: I mean, you always look at you always look at your past, and you always think, "Ah, oh, you know, back in my day was so much better yeah. than it is today." And of stuff. course. Um, and and I'm sure Gen Z, when the next generation turn up, they'll be saying the same thing. You know, For sure. we had we had this and we had that, but there is something about that physical human contact that is much more. Uh, reticent to use the word authentic but that's the only one that's springing to mind you just being able to connect to each other without your phone and stuff i think that's more important than than just it's superficial texting and stuff that right. we're, we're a, a tribalistic race that needs to have that physical contact you know that's just my opinion but i think okay. yeah
1: yeah. I couldn't agree more. I remember like I tried this thing between 2010 and 2013. I had no phone, like no cell phone. Hmm. And so I had a I had an iPod touch, I think at that point, which only worked when I was at home or somewhere I had Wi-Fi. Hmm. So, uh, I, I just didn't want to have a phone because I wanted just to experience what life would be like with a phone, without a phone. And, and I remember um, that for one, everyone was always on time. Like all of my friends were always on time when, when, when I'd give them like, a you know, a, an appointment or anything and we'd just uh, hang out, they were always on time because they knew they couldn't tell me they'd be late or anything. Mm-hmm. So everyone had to be there at the set time. And that was all pretty cool. Um, the other thing is that, the fact that um I had no phone meant I wasn't scrolling or doing anything when there was some some um how, how would you call that some some downtime between like waiting for the bus or hopping on the bus or when you're you know when you get to their place. And yeah, that gave me uh what you what you just talked about, which is the feeling that There was still that element of surprise when you get there. Uh, So the person could have actually forgotten that you were meeting up. And so you get there and be like, oh, well, they were not here. So maybe I'll I'll go find them in in their favorite pub or anything. And yeah, I did that up until 2013. And it was quite interesting to see the world uh, evolve around me for people with phones and me being without one. Because there were also those moments where, um, you know, we were doing something and then people would go on their phone, and uh, I was more exposed to it because I wasn't on one, you know, and I saw it happening, and it only accelerated after that.
0: And but you went back to
1: using a phone though, was that because of business
0: or or
1: no convenience? convenience and you know uh phones are pretty cool because you know the ipod had music but it didn't have internet which meant you know no social media and you sort of feel like you're uh, being left behind in a sense Hmm. and uh it's not it's not a good feeling when you're in your 20s uh afterwards i mean you grow up and you take a step back and you go like i don't care about this But when you're in your 20s and all your peers are actually keeping in touch with each other and everyone knows what everyone is going through and everyone is doing, you sort of feel left out. And so I feel like that was one of the reasons I went back to picking up a phone, but also the convenient part of it, because phones were pretty, um, you know, there, there were more and more apps. There were so many things that you could do on phones in 2013 way less than what you can do now but it was pretty cool to just be anywhere and be able to do anything and yeah one of the things I really loved was YouTube back in the back in that at that time because you could just literally watch a bunch of movies uh while you know traveling and whatnot I remember I used to travel a lot at that point because I was I was um yeah moving countries and just for for vacations or whatnot and it felt good to be able to just watch a movie on your phone while you're flying and then, you know, uh, landing. And that wasn't, uh, unfortunately, possible with other medias. There was no Netflix uh, at that point. So, yeah.
0: I love a bit of Netflix. <laughs> In the questions I sent, you, you were saying about living as as a, or trying to live minimalistic as possible. So you have the bare minimum of um technology um, yes but you also hit on uh, your equipment that you use and stuff um so just talk to me about sort of what technology equipment you use and then and then go into the clothing that you were talking about in your email all
1: right um well you want me to list all the things it's i, I don't it's not going to take that much time i have a, a macbook which i work with Mm -hmm. and which I watch, you know, shows and whatnot with. Mm -hmm. I have um, a phone that I also mostly use only for work and, you know, to get texts and emails. Um, I have my Rode uh, microphone for podcasting, and I have a TV. That's all I own. And the TV won't
0: be around for too long, I think. (laughs) You're using your laptop more for the streaming and stuff rather than using the TV. Actually, we
1: do use the TV uh, quite often, especially for um, for sports events because mm. I love football. So I usually like watching football on TV, And but it's like twice a week at most. So it's not like I use it on a day-to-day basis.
0: Mm. I and can just, do without. Yeah, just to confirm, we're talking about f- soccer or american yeah, football. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> i agree yeah i just have to I, confirm I'm in that right now so i call it football <laughs> <laughs> i have to confirm that with my american guests so i just want to make sure we're not talking about american football um right and and so do you think that you know how is it how is using technology obviously you said you've lived a few years without using it but you felt left behind so when it right. came back into your life um, you know you said that it makes your life more convenient and a bit more comfortable because you can know what your friends are doing and especially if they're abroad and things like that um, yeah. but what sort of effects has it had on you Um using it over over the time
1: many negative effects to be honest because mm. at some point you know I um, I don't know, I fell into, you know, the the usual technology trap where you start overusing it. Mm. And it's like any drug, to be honest, I started literally overusing it. And at some point, uh, my Instagram sort of took off, I reached, I think 10k followers, which at that point was quite a quite a following. Mm. And I was just having a lot of fun taking pictures, posting old pictures and um, connecting with people from around the world and at first it was good because i didn't know about you know validation online validation but it felt really good Uh, i was looking for likes i was looking for follows i was extremely active i used to post like a couple of posts a day and like five six stories uh, a day Mm -hmm. so it was i was on it all the time and people would react and I'd take the time to answer all of them. Mm -hmm. And I'd go to similar accounts and try to interact with them. And yeah, so technology was uh taking over my life in a sense because then I got like the Amazon Alexa when it first came out. Um and all of those gadgets that you can imagine. I bought like a bulky camera that I now hate um (laughs) at some point. So yeah, I went full on man. And yeah. So that's, I felt like that came because I was, I started working so I could also afford these things, which I couldn't when I was younger, but I was also looking for uh, new ways to have fun and to fulfill, to fulfill me and to fill some sort of void within me. And all of that actually led to uh huge anxiety attacks and And I wouldn't go as far as depression because I wasn't diagnosed, but it certainly felt like it. And so I used to feel tired all the time. I used to feel drained all the time. When I had my first anxiety attack, it was like I was dying. And so I had to do all the checkups to make sure that I wasn't. And yeah, doctors always said, nah, it's, I mean, your body is fine. So you got to work on your mind. And yeah, when that happened, uh, I remember I took a couple of weeks uh, away from everything. I went on uh, an uninhabited island in in the seashells um, and I spent a couple of weeks on it. So uh, it was literally me and nobody else on the whole island. It was a tiny island. There are like 160 islands in the seashells. So many of them, most of them, like 95% of them are uninhabited. So it's not that uncommon over there. So yeah, I spent like 13 days to be exact on that island. Uh, and so no technology. I had like a couple of books um, and, and my journal, my physical journal. And all I did was snorkel and, you know, eat mangoes off trees and fish yep. and, and yeah, spend the day doing nothing. And that sort of I mean, not sort of, that definitely reconnected me with nature. I used to wake up, you know, with the sun, sleep with the sun, uh, take naps in between uh, and and do actual physical activities, run around, uh, climb trees, swim all day. So yeah, it was, I really liked that primitive uh, sort of lifestyle. And from that point on, I took a complete, like my life took a complete turn and yeah, things started actually looking uh, looking up. Um, I'm not saying things were super great after that because it was still an adjustment, and there was a a very long adjustment period where you just have to take a step back from all the the nibbling notifications and and you know uh, try no reading like everything that was online and trying to learn about everything that you come across. Because that's also something that I think uh, has exponentially, you know, taken over uh, in a sense that there's there's so much shit out there. Before there were only books and there were, you know, and newspapers and that's where you used to get your your news. But now it's like, you can get it from anywhere, from any account, from anything. So, yeah, it was it took me some time, but I managed to, you know, remove all the apps, at least from my phone, mm-hmm. like social media apps. I kept YouTube because uh, it's a great way to learn and to 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 grow if if you know how to use it, just like any tool. But the rest of them, I keep them on my computer. So once the, the day at work is over, my social media presence is over as well
0: that's that's interesting that you say that and it sounds a bit like going onto that island was giving you that space again right Right. to sort of have a have your own (laughs) digital retreat basically and 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 readjust because uh, I, I quote it a lot in in the podcast itself and you know the research sort of starts to suggest that you know if you're a passive user and you're just scrolling through um it, any sort of social media um then you're you're more likely to have depressive swings uh, in your mood but if you're an active user um then you know you are an active user and you're putting content out you aren't you're less likely to have um depressive swings and, and more positive ones but um some new research Came out that said that you have a three hour limit, basically. And then after that three hour limit, you have diminishing returns and it starts to go downhill. So, you know, it's fantastic. In the early days, you had 10,000 followers, but the, the, the amount of drain that it had on you to respond to everyone.
1: No, and not just that, to be honest, just the fact that you're constantly thinking about, you know, the type of content that you're going to be putting out and switching it up so that you know your followers don't get bored and so you gain new ones and you grow your co- your, your your account mm-hmm. all of that is draining it's not just actually the people it's actually how you treat um you know yourself and how you treat your your exposure to to those things cuz it's it's a lot of work i mean i respect people who manage to grow you know huge followings i mean i'm not talking about celebrities because they do it through their their talent, but people, influencers who, who went from nothing and who grow a following because they're good at something. It's a lot of work and it's, you're constantly thinking about it. I remember I had no free time, literally no free time. And I was not an, an influencer. I was in school, I was still a student. So even when I was in class, I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about, you know, what, what story can I make uh, of me sitting in class and, about you know what the guy in front of me is saying, or you know what I mean. That's the draining part because you're literally constantly thinking about it. You cannot stop it. If you stop, then you use the you lose the hang of it. And once you do, then you know uh, it go it goes downwards.
0: So I, I, I agree. I mean, I lose the swing of it if I, ha- I take uh, periodically. I've taken breaks of doing podcasting because obviously I've got yeah. other things that I need to focus on. um and so coming back into the swing of it it's just it's like getting back on a bike after you've broken your leg or something like that you know it's you're you're wobbly and having to get back into the swing of things but yeah like doing a podcast um the amount of time that goes in behind the scenes is 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 crazy and i mean i set i set this up whilst i was doing a full-time job and then so you'd finish your full-time job and then you go into the office because you needed to, yeah, you needed to get more people and you needed to get more um, right. or you need to do some editing or you needed to sort out your social media, you know? So I, I, I empathize with you on, on what you're saying is that you know, you, you're you not it's hard, man. You're not concentrating on the things that you should be concentrating on. So I do try and right. I do try and give myself that break and I try and give myself a weekend off because the last sort of six years, haven't had many weekends off so it's nice to be able to go and interact with people on weekends rather than being in an office and stuff so it's good to do nothing to just be
1: able to to sit on your couch and look at the wall it's it's really and you know I I was never a big fan of books and reading to be honest growing up because I spent most of my time outside but Mm. Um, Now, as time passes, I really understand introverts who love that stuff because it's, you know, there are no there are no notifications and you're still reading and learning and letting your your imagination, um, you know, uh, paint a picture. And I feel like that's extremely important. And that's something that video, for instance, cannot give you and that's something that podcasting does to the listeners and as you know podcast consumers ourselves we we've surely like experienced that when you're listening to a guy and he's trying to you know uh, explain something something he went through or talk about or an experience your brain is actually making sure you understand the full picture and that allows it to develop, you know, uh, uh, new pathways within it to to imagine what's going on. But when you're watching videos or watching movies, and I'm not against those, but um, when you watch a lot of videos like on TikTok or on on Instagram Reels, you do not allow your brain to be imaginative. Mm-hmm. And you know, the brain is a muscle, so if you train it not to be imaginative, then you lose your own imagination. And once you take that away, then you're bored because you cannot just sit down and imagine things in your mind. And that's what we were talking about. We're going full circle. But I remember just dreaming, daydreaming with friends and talking about the what ifs of life. And that was great. Like That was a great exercise because we would talk about shit that would never happen. I'm sorry, we talked about stuff that never happened. But um but it felt good and and it was just I don't know it created like a lot of beautiful memories and that's one of the things that I enjoy about podcasting and just being low tech basically.
0: I think that TikTok and, and things like that, someone's already done the imagination for you. So you're just consuming that content that someone's already I, produced. So yeah. Well said I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, We've we've talked a lot about having that space and 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 having that imagination. And I I think what you said there with, you know, once once you start watching these TikTok videos, it takes away the imagination from your own head, and it's in someone else's head. And then when you stop someone from using it, then you're left with nothing, and then you're bored, and the the boredom's are extreme, because you've got no imagination to 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 think about yeah oh i'll listen to a podcast and see what this guy's saying and stuff yeah I, I think that's that's a really good point i like that <laughs> um so yeah, you know, ha- we 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 have been talking about it um but how do you think that it's changing modern society and and culture and and how do you think it's going to progress as we go into the future
1: Hmm. Great question. Once again, uh, I think, you know, we, like you said, we talked about it uh, prior. So it's changing society in a sense that we you know, uh, social media, like they say, is not that social. It makes us less social. It makes us, um, you know, we, it's, it's, it's a training. It's an exercise. You exercise yourself to only talk to people through texts, so when you meet him face to face, and we all know that um, human communication is ninety percent, um, you know, physical body communication, and you you don't have that online, so you're losing uh, the ability to read other people's emotions and communication. And a lot of people say, uh, you know, when you see bad, you know, comments online or bullying online. Many people say humans were always this bad. It's only that they never really had the platform to show it. I sort of disagree with that. I do agree with it to to a certain extent, but I disagree with it in a sense that when you have a person in front of you, it's so much harder to just hurt them with words. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're behind a screen, you're not looking at their face. You're not looking at them decompose as you insult them mm-hmm. so you do not really uh, go as far as you know come up with creative but extremely negative uh insults or you know uh, comments and i feel like that's changed and that's changed culturally because uh, at first people still knew how to behave in society mm-hmm. but now since we spend more time on our phones than we do With other people we're quickly losing that and as time progresses a lot of people are taking their online behaviors offline and that's where the the problems start. For me uh, as far as uh, what I think will happen I think people will take a step back from these things because they will wear them out and Because people will always go back to seeking human connectedness and relationships, and those will always prevail in the end. So, I don't think people will keep using social media or social platforms as much as they did before. I don't think they will go back to pre 90s um, use, but I still think people will take a step back from it because. We we're already seeing it happen to be honest um even with with the pandemic which accelerate, accelerated like all the you know the which accelerated the the process um a lot of people at first were extremely happy to have the internet but then it, at some point they started feeling drained and they started looking for ways to to be outdoors and we were talking about van lifers there were way more van, van lifers and way more people looking to to you know, uh, live on the road than they were pre-pandemic. That's because people realized that living between four walls was not really great, um, and the escape was social media, and work, and whatnot. But once you don't have an escape, then you realize that that stuff is not sustainable.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Obviously it kind of gets to that point where the, where you get bored of doing that and people are, certainly with the pandemic are realizing that you know there's more to explore outside um and right. because you've been cooped up for such a long time you know the van um or the camper van um in the way that you are speaking that market has just exploded so something that would have cost you like three or four grand before the pandemic is now sort of eight, ten grand, you know, because right. because the the market's inflated. Everyone wants one because they want to go out, they want to be out, um, and they want the, the the ease and convenience. And I think that's how that's how uh, you know it's made connection so easy that we lose that. Or, yeah, we lose that ability to just turn up at someone's house because it's easier just to text them to see if they're there. Um, and and uh, I, I I like how you said that you think that it won't go back to the pre ninety stuff, but you can see a, a a platform shift basically in how right. um, people are reducing their time on it, or they they're looking to have a. Um, a sort of a time off from it and stuff so you know this is what this business is about you know it's talking to people about their time in the outdoors their interaction with technology and, and how they think that's changed you know um there was something in your email that you said tech is both good and bad um and it depends on your use do you want to sort of just elaborate on that and just give us something
1: for sure. Uh, it's it's exactly what I was saying, for example, about phones. Mm. It's great to have an iPhone or whatever phone today because the camera is amazing. It's not bulky um, because it's great to have a GPS and to have Waze. And, you know, it's it, you, you, at least you're sure that you're going to get to your destination <laughs> and at what time. So that's pretty cool. Um, the bad thing is what we we're talking about, social media exposure and use um you know the the com- comparison disease which is a true disease today in society and especially amongst youngsters where you look at people and they only expose you know we we know the shenanigans they expose the only the only the good sides of their lives and you think they're having it good but in reality it's extremely different and we've seen i'm sure you've seen it in in your in your circle at least i've seen it in mine Um, So those are the bad things. And I feel like it's human nature to compare oneself to others. It takes a lot of wisdom to be able to take a step back from it. But for people who take at least the time to learn more about it and to dive deep into it and to have the willingness as well and to a full enough life and an interesting enough life to be able to be like, I don't need to be looking at what others are doing. I mainly only use social media in that sense, I only post I don't look at anything, not one story. I don't care about what others are doing. And I'm really glad that I don't do that anymore. Because now when I meet with friends, uh, they actually find a lot of comfort and a lot of fun in talking to me because they're actually telling me about their experiences instead of me going like, oh yeah, I saw that you've been there and I saw that I did that, you know? And that's how it used to be with me and my friends. I used to, you know, watch their stories and and that's how I used to feel. Like when nothing was, there was no, nothing was new. Like when you met up with friends at some point, I mean, at least for me, like I knew everything they were doing, Uh, I knew, you know, uh, what everyone was up to. And I didn't like being with my friends anymore because it was just redundant. But now I do. Now, like, I don't talk to a friend for like my best friend for a week, but every week we meet and then we actually talk for like three hours and it feels short because it's just super fun to be able to be like, yeah, I, I did this. I saw that. I, I I went over there and it was, it was cool it wasn't that great you know it's you know human storytelling uh but without having to cut it into 15 second stories and i like that i prefer you know that's that type of storytelling
0: yeah definitely i mean uh, most of my friend group with they don't have a social media presence so every time we meet up or we have a chat there is something to talk about so it's interesting that that's the same sort of thing with you. Is that you? You 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 have a a genuine conversation about what's going on in their life, and they actually right. have to recall the memories rather than you turn around and say, "Oh yeah, I saw you went and did that." So, you know what happened there. And you're sort of like, "Mate, what's been up? What's what's the crack? What have you been doing?" So right, and and it, it allows for a longer and more fulfilled conversation in my head that's what that's what i got from what you were saying and a genuine one yeah yeah definitely all right brilliant well i think we've covered a lot of uh, a broad spectrum there and it was an amazing chat um at the end of my podcast i always ask this question um you've already answered it once in the in the chat itself um so if you could go and live off grid anywhere in the world um and do whatever you wanted to do, where would it be and what would you do? You wouldn't have to worry about money or jobs or anything like that. You can just come back to that. What would you do?
1: Hmm, man, that's the toughest question you asked me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard because there are so many places that come to mind. The ones that I've seen, but the ones that I really hope to see someday. Hmm. Um, some of them, I'll give you maybe a top five if that's okay with you. Go and then... It. Maybe we can take it to one, but I don't think so. Well, uh, in my top five, at least, uh, I have, you know, the uninhabited island that I was in, uh, in the seashells. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have to worry about food, right? Because no. I was eating fish back then. So, okay. So that would be a great place because it was sandy beaches, uh, you know, uh, turquoise water and an amazing, colorful fish. So... Mm. It was sunny all day it was just the best place to be so that would be one of the options uh the second one would be somewhere in uh the the argentinian uh, forests uh, some of my best hikes were over there like in the patagonia forest it was it was just uh too it was quiet there were huge plains and and there were like um you know there there are some animals but not any dangerous animals um there were a, a lot of horses like wild horses as well so it was just beautiful the scenery the the climate was great the everything i just love the energy about that place so that would be another one a third one would be it has to be in nature right
0: well uh off grid. It'd be difficult to live off grid in a city, but you know, go for it. Okay.
1: Yeah. No. 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 All right. Let's keep it off grid. Um. The third one would be someone somewhere in. I don't know if you're familiar with Ozark, the 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 series.
0: No, not familiar with it.
1: Well, it's pretty amazing, and it's it's very like the way it's been directed. It's very quiet, and it's like it's it's a place with a lot of lakes around and it's very rural and you could definitely live off the grid Mm -hmm. it gets kind of cold at night but um it's it's okay during the day you don't have to wear like bulky jackets or anything so it would have to be somewhere like that as well nice and i think yeah those three would you know it's great sceneries um great beaches and and most importantly a lot of quiet mm-hmm. spaces so
0: yeah where was the, where was the one that you were going to say when you queried about the off-grid i want to hear about that one I come again that you 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 stopped yourself from saying a place that you were going to go and stay at uh,
1: i stopped myself from saying oh yeah, when and, you, like uh because yeah, you said no. oh it has
0: does it have to be in nature? Where was the one that wasn't going to be okay, in nature? That was in
1: Japan. That was in Hokkaido, Japan, which is um, it's a bit off-grid, but it's not exactly off-grid. Hmm. It's just small houses uh, next to each other where everyone knows everyone. Um, you're not necessarily off-grid, but it feels very homey and very cozy. And I just like that, uh, you know, the interaction with people who don't do not even have phones and do not care about what's going on in the world. They just live their own lives. And and yeah, that that feels very homey. And it it's it's one of those things that I actually enjoy. And I actually like being in cultures that are different than mine um, because. I don't know. It's just maybe it's because that's how I grew up. But I just like being the outsider and having to learn about, you know, their ways and what they do, what they eat, and whatnot. It's just much more fulfilling for me. So that's probably why I, yeah, I would have gone for Hokkaido.
0: Nice. No, this this question is completely like there's no wrong answer. It's just ambiguous, you know. And then you leave it to people's imagination and and what comes out. So that was awesome. So thank you very much for coming and joining us on the podcast today. Um, Just give us a shout for your, your podcast again um, and your blog, if you want people to to hear about it, what was the name and where can you find it?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, um, thank you so much for having me on. This is definitely one of the best podcasts I've been on, if not the best. So you've done a really, really great work. And Clearly, um, I love what you do because I'm all about unplugging and and connecting with nature. So uh, thank you for putting the show uh, together and for having me on. Um, So my podcast is Clarity with TK. That's T-E-E-K-A-Y, where you can, you know, uh, learn more about, you know, the things that I discover along the way. And my blog is more TK.com. That's still T-E-E-K-A-Y.com. And yeah, I usually post uh, about maybe twice a month, uh, you know, articles about, you know, uh, minimalism and 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 the whole, all the different lifestyles and everything that I learned and all the lessons that I've learned throughout um, you know, this journey. And you know, just maybe give some inspiration and help people. Um, rid themselves of all these things that usually drain us
0: well thank you for the compliments really appreciate that and uh i'll, I'll go over and i'll keep keep listening to some of your uh, your podcasts so thanks very much thank
1: you man thank you
0: big thanks again for tk for joining us on this episode of the unplugged debate next time we'll have a musician from montreal joining us so until then